Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. David Baird possesses a UEFA A license, and he works as a football development officer for the Scottish Football Association. But his lab, where he experimented with different approaches and drills, weren't done at home in Scotland. Stay tuned to find out where Coach David Baird fine-tuned much of his coaching style. David Baird grew up in Scotland, and he was inspired by Soccer Circus outside of Glasgow, a soccer-centric attraction that was the brainchild of two-time Ballon d'Or winner Kevin Keegan. But Baird didn't stay home to test out his ideas. He secured opportunities in the United Arab Emirates and in the United States, specifically in New Jersey, where he was able to immerse himself into a program and dream up and try new drills and ideas. In part two though, Coach David Baird is also gonna share his impressions of soccer in the United States and an alarming driver of the game's direction here. Stay tuned and find out what it is. Where did you coach in the United States, and when was that? Uh, I coached in the New Jersey, North, North New Jersey, uh, but we had we had sessions all, all over the the state. To be honest, so that was fantastic experience. I'm, I'm actually so grateful for the particular journey I, I had in, in in football because you know got into coaching uh, quite young because as I say, I wasn't necessarily enjoying my, my football experience as much as I love football. Like as I keep saying, the, the the playing experience wasn't fun. So I was coaching with Kevin Keegan in the Glasgow Soccer Circus. And again, this is just such good experience for me because I'm studying at college, sports coaching and sports development, and then I'm putting that into practice with Kevin in the evenings and weekends. And then I'm just fortunate that Kevin's next soccer circus that he opened uh, was actually in the Middle East. It was in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. He, as much as I'm lucky with my journey, I, I do credit myself with being enthusiastic, asking loads of questions, taking an interest on not just what we're doing at soccer circus, but why we're doing it. Okay, the kids are having fun, but they're actually learning and the evidence was there to say they were. So so Kevin kind of liked my attitude and approach and, and I was actually the only member of staff he took with him to the second one in, in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates uh, and I was upskilling the coaches that we employed there um, to, to help manage that facility uh, and then I just started to get a little bit desperate to progress in my coaching because Soccer Circus was great but I kind of outgrew it because it was different kids every day whoever came through the door for a fun footballing experience you worked with them for about two hours and then you maybe didn't see them again you know you would do some birthday parties and some striker clinics and some summer camps but but what I was probably lacking was having a group of people a group of children or, 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 or a football team and working with them to maybe you know play in a game and develop over the years so that's when I started to look at other opportunities and I moved to New Jersey 2012 I think it was uh, went over there in 2012 until 2016 so I was over there and, and, and the experience was fantastic but because it's it, it created an environment where you were coaching every day two or three sessions every every day evenings and weekends summer camps and, and mindset was a big part of it for young people you know I was a young person who okay I'm coaching every single day you can go two ways here you can probably I, I don't want to use the word 
exploitation that's probably a little bit too strong but you were going into an environment where the majority of players and their parents and guardians were baseball people American football people basketball people you know there wasn't a, it wasn't a big soccer community so you probably could have went there and maybe just put on like a safe session every day you, you know the same session and do the same thing and you probably would have be coaching in the sun, trips to the Jersey Shore when you wanted to, go into Manhattan when you wanted to, you know, make the money, uh, have the social life, and you probably wouldn't have advanced as a coach, but you would have had a good a good time. But I took the opportunity of, you know, coaching so often. I've not came across, I mean, I'm sure there is, but I've not came across many better environments to develop as a coach where you can go out there and you can trial and error, you know, try a practice or a skill or a game. And if it works, great. If you can progress it next week, do that. If it doesn't work, you learn from that. So, you know, I spent those four or five years just trying to evolve as a coach. You know, a, a great um, experience of one, you know, Wednesday night, we've got the eight, nine, ten year old boys and girls group. Uh, you know, Friday morning, we've got the, the, the older players and at high school, you get to work with loads of different people and you get to interact with loads of different people. You see what you're doing at the under, you know, the 15 and 16 year olds and what they're maybe missing that you can address earlier with the 12 and 13 year olds. You get this whole grasp of how to work with, you know, different people from different backgrounds. So you're telling me a lot of this book, your guinea pigs were done in the United States, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. You could try loads and loads of content. And then, the, you know, the book that we can come on to discuss is just trying to share all that experience and all that knowledge. Hey, David, what was your impressions of soccer in the United States? You kind of alluded to, you know, parents maybe being more aware of other sports. And you talked about how growing up in Scotland, I mean, soccer was the sport. What was your impressions of soccer in the United States for those four or five years that you were here as a coach? Um, it was it was great, particularly if you go and do a session of you know five and six year olds, and you're actually the coach that gets young people to kick a ball for the first time. You know, but if their parents maybe weren't soccer people, uh, and and that was just a you know beautiful moment that you can actually develop what could be a lifelong love of the game or of, of different sports. Um, so I absolutely you know loved that. There was a lot of talent in there. I, I, I do think most of the soccer sessions that that people attended had to be quite structured. You know, and I can't speak for the whole of the United States because it's so vast and, and so you know so different in different areas but the area I happened to work in you know the parents and guardians they'd have a lot of routine you know the older brother would go to soccer on this day and the younger sister would go to soccer on this day and they've got a, a tutor and a piano lesson and and that you know two hours a night was the only time they were playing soccer so it's very very tough to implement a lot of change um, when you only have them that small amount of time and you know the, the rest of the lives are so busy or, or filled with other things, potentially other sports and other pastimes. So a big part of the coaching was trying to take some of my experience from my childhood and... Um, invest in them as people as opposed to players and develop a love that maybe they will go in the backyard in their own time and play football and train and get a little bit better and and then there was a there was a program that I um, kind of designed there and, and delivered there and this was another thing that the infrastructure of America gave you the free reign to go and do you know the the, the sport was fairly new in, in the in the community I was in so there wasn't too many people that questioned your approach you could you try other things so let's say I had the 10 year olds you know Monday Wednesday 
and had the twelve-year-olds, you know, Tuesday, Thursday. I, I actually did a program with some some fellow coaches of mine where we would just leave an area of the soccer field that was open every night. You know, Monday to Friday, this time to this time for the younger age group, this time to this time for the older age group. You know, back to back, and it was just there, and it was. Anytime you want, come and play. It was trying to take, you know, maybe the street environment I've described from the west coast of Scotland and just putting it there on the soccer field. You know, the only, the only thing the coaches were there to do was to ensure safety, you know, ensure safety. Everyone just come in and just play, you know. You guys pick the teams. We don't need any bibs. You can use your communication and your people, people skills. You can just go and play. And it was such a powerful programme, in my opinion. I've got some great pictures of uh, of the players who took part in it and it's, it's amazing to see how much they've, they've grown up now because I keep in touch with so many of their their families so it was this kind of pick up football program uh, and I'll try not to go on too much of a tangent about this one particular program but it was great you know if you trained on a Monday and Wednesday night with your team if you wanted to Tuesday, Thursday, Friday you could come up and train as well and maybe one week you only came up Friday maybe one week you didn't come up at all maybe one week you only came up Tuesday and Thursday but the opportunity was there to be outside playing football and, and applying as much or as little as yourself as you want you know training five nights a week is a lot but if you go up on a Tuesday and you, you're there more for the social aspect and you work hard for some spells, that was quite relevant to my experience on, on the street in Scotland and, and we developed some very good players through, through street football uh, historically. And it just brought so many benefits. We had parents through words, word of mouth, you know, saying to parents of kids who were in competing programmes, oh yeah, my son or daughter plays in, in, in this programme with Coach David, they train every night. Like, wow, what an opportunity. And some of the parents would say, oh, that's a big commitment and oh no it's not a big commitment you can come up as and when when you want and a couple of the very good young players I was working with at the time they would come the first hour for the 10 year olds which was their age group they would stay the next hour for the 12 year olds and, 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 and you know they developed so much through that challenge um, so that was a that was a great programme it only, only lasted for a finite amount of time uh, just through capacity and resource and, and I actually ended up you know moving on and coming back to Scotland in, in 2016 but just you know if we, if we open up the gates and we give these opportunities kids grab them with, with both hands Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any comments or questions, visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page where you can even leave me a voice recording. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.